0: Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit podcast hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell it like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude Sunny D. I want to thank all of you for the uh, continued and growing support here on the Seems Legit podcast. Also, if you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sunny D. Shout out uh, to some of our friends of the podcast. We've got B boys honey, locally sourced made honey here in Manitoba, available at a wide variety of retailers uh, around Manitoba. If you see it, highly recommend it. My favorite is the cinnamon honey. Also here in Winnipeg, we got Skin Dimensions Tattoo uh, and Piercing located on Corden Avenue, right beside Bar Italia. Great place, great people, uh, great shop. Uh, If you're thinking of getting any kind of tattooing or piercing, please go see them. I highly recommend the place. Uh, I have had the vast majority of my work uh, done there, and I can't say enough good things about them. So I highly recommend uh, Skin Dimensions Tattoo and Body Piercing. We've also got ourselves self Doctors located at 666 St. James Street. Please visit them for any cell phone, tablet, and screen repair needs you might have. Mention the Seems Legit podcast and receive 10% off. Also, we've got uh, the Vegas Squares podcast down in Vegas, of course. Uh, sports talk by sports fans for sports fans. If you're into sports talk, check them out. They cover the entire gamut of sports. And last but not least, we've got Zero Gravity Games down in Fayetteville, Georgia. Please visit them for any used, rare, and vintage gaming needs you might have. Uh, stop in, say hi to Justin and Ronnie Mac. Tell them the dude signed He sent you. All right, let's get into today's episode. Uh, today, let's talk a little hockey. Uh, Now, I'd said in my comeback episode uh, last week after getting back from being down in Vegas for the summer poker season, I'd do an episode kind of more dedicated to just hockey. So I think this is, uh, well, maybe one of them. I mean, we talk about a wide variety of things here on the Seems Legit Podcast. But let's talk hockey today. Uh, Let's look at some, I want to talk about a variety of topics. Um, And I think we're going to kind of come around to talking about uh, my beloved Winnipeg Jets uh, and what I think uh, they've done, what they have done, uh, what and what I think of it, really. So look moving forward, I guess uh, we can look at the Jets roster right now. So the Jets roster, um, the thing about free agency that is dangerous is now in a salary cap era, you have to be far more cognizant of where players fit into the long-term vision. As I've said before, it's, uh, it's always nice to go and sign the big ticket free agent, but if they don't fit with your system, then there's no use to it. And also for certain players too, there is that idea, I believe, of kind of that added value component to whatever they're going to sign. So a particular player at a particular position with that particular skill set has a base value. Then there's an added or minus value based on where they personally feel they fit, also to the team I believe they're gonna sign with. I think, and I truly believe this, that there are premiums to be paid to sign in certain markets. Um, Players that don't wanna play in a certain market may ask for more money. They might say, hey, you know what? Fuck it, I don't wanna come and play there, but if they're gonna give me that extra million a year, I'll take it. And I think that does play a big part of NHL free agency and sports free agency as a whole. Uh, I think the thing with NHL is, I mean, NHL players do make less than a lot of the other pro athletes do um, because of the uh, cap structure, um, which in turn has been a good thing. I could have seen, had we not introduced a cap system, we could have had NHL salaries start getting into that baseball and basketball range and football range. And it would have been ridiculous. And I think it could have been uh, absolutely destructive to the league, but regardless uh, free agency's kind of been well underway now for a couple of weeks. July first is always uh, the day of unrestricted uh, free agents become available. The Jets had um, a couple of free agents, and they have a lot of uh, restricted free agents. But well, two in particular that we'll talk about today. But they let go of two big defensemen. That was a big um, thing for the um, Winnipeg Jets. Jacob Trouba was traded to the New York Rangers, where I believe he did he he did sign a long-term extension there. Uh, he had expressed, and I guess the story was that both sides the Jets and him were not going to come to a long-term deal. He has uh, some personal family issues. Uh, his girlfriend or fiance or wife uh, is in medical school or finishing medical school in the States and wants to practice in the States. I mean, it's a very lucrative opportunity, and yeah, he wants to be able to do that for her, so... Uh, I think the trade to an American team was in everybody's best interest. Uh, The the Rangers have played trade partners with the Jets now a couple of times this year in big deal moves. Uh, First, they gave us Kevin Hayes at the trade deadline, and now we're giving them back Jacob Truba. The Kevin Hayes trade was a bit of a trade that kind of rubbed me in a very weird way uh, when I thought about it. Because to me, whenever you're trading a first-round pick, and the Jets now two years in a row now have kind of fucked that up uh, in my opinion you had a situation the year before where they traded for paul stasny who's a great player generational player very skilled um and is really good at bringing out other talented players skills so they got him from the st louis blues who seemed to be having a bit of a minor implosion uh and then they go on to win the cup a year later so we got paul stasny we lost him in free agency okay however that came to be we lost paul stasny This year, again, we decided to part ways with our first-round pick. And we get Kevin Hayes. Now, no offense to Kevin Hayes. I had never fucking heard of him until we traded for him. And yeah, he put up some good numbers for us in the playoffs. And he seemed to do his job. And seemed to be kind of a neat acquisition for us. I didn't know, A, if in the immediate future, he was worth giving up a first-round pick. Secondly... We didn't know, and there was no commitment on Kevin Shell Dayoff's part as to whether we're going to keep Kevin Hayes. So if you're not going to keep a player, that means that their rental package and value is almost immediate to you, or has to be immediate to you. For an immediate bump in skill or whatever it might be, or trying to close gaps with other play, um, teams, I don't know that Kevin Hayes was the answer and worth that first round pick. Now, a lot of teams, there were some big name free agents or potential unrestricted free agents coming up that were trade bait, so to speak. There was uh, in Ottawa, Dezingle and Duchesne. Uh, There was Wayne Simmons in Philadelphia. Uh, Mark Stone in Ottawa. Um, You know, a few players uh, that were kind of, you know, there was talk. The Jets kind of got the shittiest end of all of that, in my opinion, in terms of what they did versus what their main opponents and rivals were going to do. Each one of their rivals, in my opinion, acquired better talent at the deadline and also separated the gap between what they've done, where they're at, and what the Jets did and where the Jets were at. And that was kind of a weird move for the Jets to make, in my personal opinion. Um, Not that Kevin Hayes, as I said, is a bad player or I have anything against Kevin Hayes. It's just, it was a shitty way to go about it uh when i mean vegas got uh stone nashville got simmons and um boyle i mean it was everybody seemed to be retooling up knowing that hey these are the chance we might be having to face one of these teams and the jets never really did much to try and keep pace with that and i think almost they made a trade out of kind of necessity like oh hey we have to do something here if we're going to save face, but I don't know that they save face. and I think they might've given up too much and it put them in an interesting spot, especially considering, uh, their late season slide and eventual loss in the first round of the playoffs, which was very disappointing. I think there's no way of slicing that other than telling it the way it is. And that was very disappointing. First round loss. It happens, but Moving forward, and we've talked about, and I've talked about this so many times, is that window of opportunity for success. And a great example of a team that's extended their window or had a very long window is Boston. Washington is another good example. Teams that have had, you know, they have their core and they've continued building around that core, changing it up, doing whatever it can to stay relevant and contend. Winnipeg is in a very interesting predicament because they just kind of almost. In a way, kind of faked it till they made it, uh, in a sense. And then all of a sudden last year they made this Western Conference run out of nowhere, truly out of nowhere. Uh, and then this year they're, you know, people are like, well, hey, the Jets can actually, you know, they're a pick. Everybody's picking them. I think Jeff O'Neill famously is always picking the Jets. I don't know why he's doing that, but he always picks the Jets on TSN. But regardless, um the Jets. Found themselves in a position where a lot of people viewed them as a favorite uh, to contend for the cup. They had their late season uh fall, which I thought was disastrous for them. I did say St. Louis was one of the matchups they wanted to try and avoid. They didn't, and they got and they lost. But now all of a sudden they're kind of being forced into a bit of a rebuild, also facing those tough times now with those um restricted free agents and deciding what you're gonna do with them, how the future is gonna look. And the Jets are in a very um, scary predicament here because they do have to now start making some tougher decisions. They do have to make those decisions regarding, okay, where do we see ourselves next year, two years, three years from now? Are we contending? Can we build a contender? Can we be a contender by just tweaking the pieces here and finding people to fit in the mold? Could very well happen. I don't think the Jets lack a certain talent. My thing with the Jets might be that, A, they've let some players go. For better or worse, people felt those players were going anyway. Uh, I know there are there was mixed feelings on Tyler Myers. There's mixed I mean, Truba's a hell of a player. And I think Myers is a hell of a defenseman, too. It's a shame to lose them. But coming in now and looking at the Jet roster on their website right now and who they've listed on their roster, I don't know that they've made up for what they've lost. So there's six defensemen, or the top six that they have listed here, are Nathan Bolio, Anthony Biteto, Dustin Bufflin, Dmitry Kulikov, Josh Morrissey, and Sammy Niku. I'm a big fan of Sammy Niku. I think he's a very dynamic player. I think he puts on another 10, 20 pounds. He's a dominant player in the NHL. So I think it's nice that if he gets that shot on the team, Josh Morrissey, well, I mean, there's nothing left to be said about Morrissey or or Bufflin. Um, Even Kulikov. But in Bulio and Biteto, I don't know that we've upgraded our defense. Um, there was a lot of talk that maybe a guy... And I'm trying to look up maybe where Batetto played before. Uh, yeah, I, I guess he played for Nashville. So I'm not too sure. He racked up three points last year in 36 games. Uh, zero points in the playoffs, so I, I don't know. Big enough, strong guy, 6'1", 210, and I, I don't know. I guess I just don't know enough about him. But as such, it does make when you have players you know about and you're bringing in new talent, it does leave some questions. So the Jets might have some questions. I think you could see them doing some fine tuning on the on the blue line there. I think we still have Tucker Poolman. You could see Poolman maybe making a rotation in there um, as that kind of number seven defenseman. Our goalies have remained kind of unchanged. Uh, They're they're listing our top three right now is Hellebuck, uh, Brassois, and Comrie. I have talked about that as well in the past, as that goaltending situation needs to fix itself and and quickly. Uh, Connor Hellebuck is our guy. He is the number one guy. You brought in, I think, Laurent Brasois because he played unreal last season. He was phenomenal as a backup goalie and there was a while there and there was some talk that he was pushing hellebuck you know maybe he might even take over the net for a while there so that's healthy to have that healthy competition i think those two guys are going to push each other if you're eric Comrie, though that window in my opinion of really getting an nhl shot is kind of you're in it and i think you're closer to the end of it than you are to the beginning of it now Typically speaking, there is that kind of rule in the modern NHL that goalies do take a little longer to develop than other players. I understand that. I get that. I was a former goalie. So, I mean, I'm always going to side with uh, my brethren there. But Comrie's kind of, I think, in a way hit his peak development that he will in the Winnipeg system, if that makes any sense. And i think if you're eric Comrie, you're kind of in a weird situation too now his family is very well off um so let's be clear so i don't know how big and important money is um in the grand scheme of it but in terms of just where you want to be remembered and where you want for your nhl or hockey career i think that window for him to really get a shot at the nhl is kind of closing i don't know if he supersedes brisois as the backup and if the jets are going that route it seemed weird to bring Bressois back and have three NHL goalies on your roster. So if he's going back down to the Moose, maybe that's where he wants to do, just be a high-paid AHL goalie, that's fine. I'm okay with that. I've said this before on the show. I would happily be the goalie for the Manitoba Moose. Um, And maybe with all this training I've been doing, I bought some new training gear recently. I bought one of those slide boards so I could work on my shuffling again, side to side, strengthen those muscles up. Uh, and just kind of get back into that feeling of it and maybe as i've said who knows i might have one good run in me left so we'll see but regardless um whether i do or don't doesn't matter it's 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 a fun thing for me and if you know and maybe just playing some rec hockey um but back in between the pipes has been nice so regardless anyway the idea here though is i don't know if Com- if Comrie's happy being in the eighth, fine But now you also have a situation down there with Mikhail Burdine who's at the development camp. And Burdine had a fucking great year last year. And yeah, they gave all the awards to Comrie at the end. Most valuable player, best guy, this and that. I don't know that Burdine's going to be overly happy sitting in the background again for another season. And I don't know if you let a talent like that go. I don't know if you want to stagnate the process and progress of a talent like that so you have questions there to answer as well i don't know as of right now i think i'd have to see them both play a little bit but i think it's some interesting questions and the jets do have some tradable assets there as well so that's kind of the nice thing in where they could fix up their defense is that they know they need to make some moves on the on the back end there they do have some tradable assets and some very tradable assets, um high value tradable assets in comry and Burdeen. again then you're making that decision that's going to be Hellebuck and Bressois for a little while. Up front, the big issue there kind of becomes uh, the Kyle Connor and Patrick Laine, uh signing. They are restricted free agents. How much are they going to get? How much are they going to want? Um, I think Kyle Connor might have actually signed, uh, but I'm not totally sure about that. But regardless, you do have some issues there uh, in terms of where do you see them? Are you bridging them? Are you going to give them the long-term deal right now? Uh, How much are they going to get paid? I mean, Patrick Line is coming on a down year. I mean, if you're the Jets organization, you almost couldn't have asked for that better. Have Line on the downswing, Connor on the upswing. Everybody's kind of, people that know hockey, I think do say that, would agree that overall, Connor is a more complete NHL and hockey package. And in turn, maybe where you want to be um, that, you know where the player you want to keep rather than trade them away. Patrick Line, when he is scoring, has a generational shot, but that's kind of it. I've long said he does have a lot of holes in his game that he really needs to shore up. And it's again nothing against either of these guys; they're nice enough people. Um, But I think we have to you have to tell it like it is. Patrick Line does need to work on a lot, and maybe he's come out of this offseason. Maybe he went into this offseason being like, "Fuck, that sucked." Like that's what it fucking must've felt like when Ovechkin had those down years where he's still scoring 30 plus goals a year, but people were on him. He's like, this must be what it fucking feels like. And it's got to fucking suck and put in the time. Maybe he's busting ass in the gym too, right? I'm here in Winnipeg, uh, grinding out in the gym. He's wherever grinding it out in the gym. I, um, I would respect that. And I think maybe that's the move he needs to, I think it is the move he needs to make. And I'm hoping that's the decision he makes. Up front, still, we got the big uh, two and Scheifele and Wheeler. It'll be just interesting to see who's playing on that line this year. I think you need to have Connor. Uh, I, I really do. I think Connor goes up on that line. I think you could do Lowry, Line A, and Ehlers, um as your second line. And then I think you're having, at that point, Brian Little maybe moving to the wing. Um. Or maybe even playing yeah, with Roslovic and Perot. Like that would be your de facto third line then. Um, I guess we don't have enough signed players that have made the fourth line. Um, but regardless, that's kind of what they're showing in terms of three lines. I, I think if I was making the team and I was, and that's the talent I was given, I think that's the way I see it, or at least that's the way I'm starting the season. Again, uh, we can see, or maybe you give Roslovic that opportunity now so maybe ross Levitt goes up to the second line with ehlers and line a and you have little perot and lowry is kind of your grind it down shut it down fucking line i'm cool with that too and then you can tweak as need be but it'll be interesting to see what the expectations are for the jets i'm gonna say it here first i could see i think we have a playoff berth in us I don't know that we're contending for the Central Division. I think a lot of other Central Division teams have gotten better, um, caught up to us and passed us. And the ones that were better than us and ahead of us, in my opinion, are realizing it again and being like, yeah, we can't let Winnipeg start to think uh, they're in our league. And again, poses some very interesting challenges for the Jets moving forward. But I think we can make the playoffs. I think if, the co- if the, that group really kind of comes together as a team and we kind of figure out whatever holes there might be we could again make a good run i thought last year though was a much better opportunity to make that run than this year so again we'll see i do think the winnipeg jets have taken a step back hopefully it's not too big and then they're right back where they needed to be and wanted to be so we'll see but i think that's not jet talk for today let's look at some of the other moves um uh, made so jordan binnington the kind of the story of the year almost in the nhl uh, just signed. He was an RFA. He got a two-year extension with the uh, St. Louis Blues. It was hard to imagine he wasn't going to get the fucking payday. Two years at $8.8 million, so 4.4 a season. Uh, well-deserved way to go there. Uh, and I guess today, uh, Andre or Burakovsky uh, has signed with the Colorado Avalanche. He was a restricted free agent. Uh, one year, 3.25. Uh, million. Uh, Robbie Fabry has, I guess, resigned with the St. Louis, Bl- or you know, not? I guess he has resigned with the Blues. And Ryan Dezingle, um, of the last few is that's probably the biggest one, is uh, moving on from Columbus. Uh, he's going over to the Carolina Hurricanes on a two-year deal worth uh, two uh, at six seventy-five. So just uh, south of four million a season. Uh, oh, yeah, the Jets have lost Joel Armia. That's right, we lost him. Uh, Montreal has kept him. Uh, wow, he's getting quite the payday there. Uh, two years at $5.2 million. But nonetheless, so let's talk about the Zingle thing. Zingle is kind of that last piece left of the whole Columbus parting ways of absolutely everyone. I've long said that their general manager, and I'm drawing a blank on his name, yarmo uh, Kekalainen, I think it is, um, went pedal to the metal. He went all in made the moves, brought in players. I truly did believe it would have taken one hell of a run for those guys to all kind of get together and say, yeah, we're going to stay here. Let's stay here as a core. I think we have something to work on here. It would have taken a minimum, in my opinion, of a competitive Eastern final. So, I mean, seven games in the Eastern final for them to have really at least entertained that. I think if they got to a cup final, they could have done it again. But by only winning one round and then kind of getting just fucking butchered in the second yeah you kind of are like all right we're all moving on anyway uh there was no surprise Panarin and Bobrovsky left town we all knew that was going to happen Duchesne left town and now Dezingle's gone I don't envy the Columbus Blue Jackets as I've long said they were the absolute biggest losers of this year's trade deadline <clears throat> I think we could see a shuffle up there maybe a new coach again I don't know if Twitterella wants to be there for a rebuild. Kekalainen, it's tough, but we'll see if they keep him around as GM. But it, I mean, they're they're both probably the ones starting the season on the hot seat. Not so much Tortorella from a win loss standpoint, uh, but more so as to whether he feels still he's a fit there um, with the team. So that'll be interesting to see. <clears throat> but we've got that uh, Michael Ferland. Got uh, quite the payday from Vancouver on the 10th. He signed for four years at $14 million. Uh, so three and a half a season. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, my boys down in Vegas, uh, kept Malcolm Subban around on a one-year deal, 850 k So this is kind of interesting now uh, with Malcolm Subban because I've said I don't know how many years Fleury has left at the level he's playing as the starter. I don't know that Subban's ready to take over the reins as the number one goalie. I don't know if he's playing at a level yet of where they need him to be as the number one. And I think maybe this is the organization kind of saying that. As they know, I mean, they're aware of Flurry's age. They're not um, kidding themselves. And they need someone ready to go. This is where it could get interesting this season. If they do find a way to bring in a top tier um, goalie. Uh, to push Subban for that second job and kind of inherit the number one job down the road. Do you maybe find a trade partner in Winnipeg there? Is there, I mean, there's players Winnipeg would love to have. Fuck yeah, there's players Winnipeg would love to have on that Vegas roster. I mean, could you, Burdine and Comrie look like very attractive fits there? Um, And I think... I mean, could push Subban or at least create a healthy competition, and then may the best man win. So that could be interesting in itself, um, but we'll see how that plays out. Sebastian Aho was a huge winner uh, this free free agency because he got the offer sheet from fucking Montreal, and I don't. The problem with an offer sheet is you almost have to fucking know the player or know the agent super well. And trust that that agent knows the player super well and is going to fucking be honest with you. Because, I mean, the agent's loyalty is to the player. And if you're the organization, you have to know there's a fucking chance the player is going to come to you. There, You have to know that. And I do think it was a bit of a wasted... Uh, opportunity there on Montreal. They could have sent an offer sheet on other restricted free agents and maybe had better luck, actually. Sebastian Ajo said, I always wanted to stay in Carolina. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. That's what I was hoping to get done. I'm happy I get the deal I'm getting, right? He's getting five years, 42.27, so 8454 a year. I mean, fucking kids struck gold. So Montreal, I guess you guys are getting a, a Christmas card from Sebastian Ajo this season. Uh, you guys can look forward to that. Um, yeah, Cody CC uh, has resigned there in Munch. In uh... yeah, we have Mark to now. Was another uh, person Brian? I think we brought him in from the Wild over here now with the Jets. Peter Morazic has gone and signed with uh, or has signed with Carolina. He was a UFA. He's now the, he's got uh, three point one two five a season, so six two five a year. Uh, I mean, over two years. Um, but here we go. So we have three big goalie uh, moves here. So se- the New York Islanders signed UFA Semyon Varlamov away from Colorado. Uh, That's speaking of Semyon Varlamov and the Colorado Avalanche. I did want to talk about them a little bit today. So if my computer decides to uh, cooperate, we can do that. But uh, nonetheless, Semyon Varlamov spent a lot of years uh, with Colorado post that disastrous... Uh, game seven lost all those years ago in Washington to the um, Pittsburgh Penguins where he let in a goal from like past the blue line, just shot it over his glove, and then uh, infamously tried to say it was like the glove's fault somehow. I mean, we, we've all been there. Um, but, I mean, having tried that excuse before, it doesn't really work. But, you know, and uh, anyway, uh, so Semyon Varlamov is now a interesting move i think varlamov found himself in the backup position in colorado uh and that's why i'm looking up the avalanche roster because i can't remember who took over the starting job there so varlamov now is on a four-year deal at five year five million a year so 20 million total uh with the islanders morazics with carolina robin Leonard has gone to chicago on a one-year five million dollar deal I don't know if it's... I don't know if Corey Crawford's, uh, again, is maybe having injury problems. I know they had Cam Ward as their backup this year. That's a lot of money if you're fucking Chicago to be throwing at your goalie. And I don't know if Stan Bowman there is kind of... I don't know what's going on. But, uh, regardless, he... uh, Hold on here. Do we have... uh, Trying to think here. Colorado Island. Maybe I should just look up their roster. Anyway... Uh, yeah, that's a lot of money for the Chicago Blackhawks to be throwing at a goalie that may not even be their starter. This kind of reminds me of when the LA Kings kind of awkwardly acquired Ben Bishop and they're like, no, we don't, it's not so much a one, two thing. It's a one, a one B type situation. What? Um, and then the best part was, is that season, the LA Kings didn't even, uh, make the playoffs. So. There you go. Um, Brandon Leipzig is now a member of the Washington Capitals. Oh, yes. So the Detroit Red Wings uh, made a bit of an interesting uh, signing here with Calvin Pickard, uh, Winnipegger, of course, and brought him over. Now, oh, Philip Grubauer. That's who it was. Okay. So, yeah, we can talk about that in a little bit. Calvin Pickard. Kind of got in a bit of a weird situation to start the season last year. He was with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He was the one one of the two let go. It was him and Chris McElhaney, and they kept um, Garrett Sparks, uh, which was very, which ended up being disastrous. Um, Pickard spent some time, I think, with the Flyers. Now he's with the Red Wings. The Red Wings I have to admit they're in a bit of a weird situation, a weird rebuild. But I think bringing in a guy like Pickard was smart. He he will provide you with solid goaltending. And it was a good move to not let other teams get him. I am sure a team like Vegas would have had an interest in getting a guy like Calvin Pickard. So it's interesting there, that move of being like, we have some roster space, let's get him in. I mean, they're getting him at a pretty good deal here. Two years at $1.5 million. So, I mean... If Pickard's playing the backup spot there, again, I mean, he's getting paid well to do it. Um, not quite Robin Leonard money, but regardless. So, Calvin Pickard over with Detroit. Uh, maybe it's a way for them to see. On, on that show, on that low of a deal, he's going to try to work for the bigger money. So, maybe again, he pushes Jimmy Howard. Maybe Jimmy Howard becomes some trade bait. Who knows? And you freed up a lot of room if you get rid of Howard and keep uh, Pickard. So that was another thing. Wayne Simmons over to the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I'm just looking here. Oh, oh right. So um, we can talk about some of these other ones. So the big, uh, so the biggest ones uh, that got a lot of people's kind of heads turning this year, or, or got noticed from people, were um, the big ones all leaving Columbus. So Sergei Bobrovsky got the deal done in Florida. I'm okay with that. Um, What I thought though, and kind of saved me a lot of money on a bet was I thought Florida might actually land both him and Panarin. And I thought if they landed both Panarin and Bobrovsky with coach Q behind that bench, they very well could be um, the favorites uh, to win the Stanley cup. However, um, what's his name? Panarin went over to the uh, New York Rangers. so now the Rangers with Jack Hughes, uh, they have Truba, they have uh, Panarin now. They still have Henrik Lundqvist in net, uh, and maybe if you can squeeze out a couple more years out of Lundqvist, I mean, there you go again. New York Rangers have now put themselves back in the conversation of relevance. So interesting there. Um, Florida, I think they are a team to watch this year. I think they could be really good, especially now that they've made room. Roberto Luongo retired. They got rid of James Reimer, so they're starting fresh in the net there. I think that was a big. I think that was an, a big move there. And I think even Roberto Luongo knew that. I think, you know, who knows? Him and and Bobrovsky probably talked and regardless decided uh, he was done. I think Luongo had hit the 40-year mark. So it it is what it is. Those were the big ones. Um, And Duchesne has signed with the Nashville Predators. So the Nashville Predators just before that had traded um, P.K. Subban over to the uh, New Jersey Devils. Devils again, token Tony over from the Vegas Squares. He thinks the Devils are one of those teams to watch. It could be one of those sleeper teams that contend for the cup. I could see it. Um, But regardless, uh, yeah, so they traded away Subban and again brought in Duchesne now. So again, a little insurance up the middle there with Duchesne and uh, Johansson. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, last one i want to talk about is uh Pierre edward belmar over to colorado colorado surprised a lot of people uh i actually thought they were going to get through the second round of the playoffs i thought they could beat san jose i think next year they could be a western conference finalist bringing in belmar uh philippe grubauer um really took over the reins there he got a little bit of that experience in washington the prior season so it'll be interesting to see there how that plays out but anyway i think i can leave it off there for today I do again. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. Wanted to talk a little hockey. I uh, don't want to bombard you and just ramble on about hockey. I think we've kind of touched on the free agency, where I've seen the Jets. Again, I think we could make the playoffs, but we might be a little hard pressed to do it. Anyway, again, thank you so much for tuning in to this Seems Legit uh, this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. And again, for the continued and growing support here on the Seems Legit Podcast, really it means the world to me. So thank you so much. Also, um, if you haven't done so already, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the TheDudeSidey. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Take care and bye-bye for now.